Welcome to the Do More Podcast, where we share strategies and tips for improving your life in every aspect. Here's your host, John Farling. I'm here with my guy, Alex Pardo. I met Alex Pardo, I believe, what was that, three years ago? Been in this mastermind, have become great friends, and uh, he's a self-storage investor, among other things. Uh, and hopefully we can dive into all those things that he does because he's a man of of many things. But one, appreciate you coming on. And two, if you can, Alex, give us our give us you know minute, two minute, and maybe five minute with you. I don't know bio and tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself. Yeah, dude. First off, man, it's uh you're 100 right, dude. You've become a really good friend over the last several years. And and by the way, dude, word on the street is that I am now on one of the top two or three podcasts on the planet. Uh, so the do more podcast along with the flip empire show. So I'm, I'm excited to welcome you into the podcast world, dude. And, and, uh, but no, man, in all seriousness, man, you, you've been a, you've been a great friend over the last several years. You've helped me a lot in my storage journey and it's been cool to pour into you as well. And, uh, and that's really what it's about. Right. So, uh, but yeah, just to give people a brief little background and, and dude, feel free to interrupt me wherever, uh, you need to, but um, born and raised in Miami. My parents are from Cuba. I didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs. In fact, I'm the first one in my family. Um, I didn't draw it up that way, uh, but I, I remember I've told the story, you know, in the past, but I, I remember being 10, 11, 12 years old growing up at the baseball park and, and kind of my first uh, introduction to some level of investing and or entrepreneurship is buying and selling baseball cards, right? I used mm -hmm. to buy packs for 50 cents, maybe a dollar. And I used to flip them for two bucks. And I really liked that. I liked the idea of buying low and selling higher. Uh, and then fast forward, I, I went to FIU and I ended up graduating and, and thought I wanted to climb the corporate ladder and, and be a CFO of a big company one day. If I'm being honest, I think my ego was kind of driving that decision, not because you know I, I really wanted to be a CFO. I, I just thought it was cool and prestigious. And I ended up taking a job with General Electric in their financial management program. And I'll never forget, man, like my my come to Jesus moment, so to speak, was like three months into this thing. I had been averaging about 70, 75 hours a week. Uh, I, I never forget my eyes being cross-eyed from just looking at Excel all day. And um, and I'm like, dude, I don't want this, you know, and, and I've and I've I'm I'm not great at a lot of things, but I'm good at a few. And and one of those is kind of getting clear on what I want and then reverse engineering my way to try to get there. And I, I, I recall looking at my boss and her boss all the way up to like the CFO where I once aspired to be. And I'm like, I wouldn't want this life not only for myself, but like for my worst enemy. Uh, and so I had made a commitment. It was a two-year program. I finished that program, got to do a lot of traveling. Uh, and then I ended up moving back from New York City to Miami and essentially being unemployed and moving into my parents' house at 25 years old. I don't even know if you know this. No. And, and dude, a single guy unemployed back at his parents' house at 25 is just not a good look, right? That's not how I drew it up. Uh, and so that was very motivating for me. And I knew I wanted to start a business. I knew it was going to be real estate. I just didn't know what that looked like. So well, I ended let up- me, Let me pause you because you're already getting in the stuff I wanted to ask. So okay. let me pause you really quick. So- how did you know you want to get in the real estate? Because it sounds like you weren't around, at least your family, you didn't have entrepreneurs in your family. So right. how did you find real estate? How did you know that you want to get in the real estate? Yeah, man. Good question. When I was working at GE, uh, I had so much pain from not wanting to be there that I started looking at other opportunities. I remember looking at applying to be a firefighter in Miami. Uh, but I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I don't want to work for somebody like, let me just figure out what business I'm going to start. And so I started researching and I came across Carlton Sheets, no money down program. Um, and I bought it. I spent, I don't know, $297 or whatever it was. And I, I just, I remember ripping through that in a weekend and then starting to research online how I can buy foreclosures and hopefully like assume the loan. That's what I thought investing in real estate was like mm -hmm. assuming loans. So yeah, man, that led to just my personal development journey. And, uh, and so, yeah, I just started like reading more books. I remember when I went backpacking around Europe, I bought Think and Grow Rich. That like blew my mind. That led to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And so as a result of those programs and those books, that's what kind of propelled me to say, hey, I want to set my sights on real estate. That's, um, it's still interesting to me because I, 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 you know, I think we all kind of look back at our journey. How did we get from point A to point B? 
and it sounds like like there's something in you that's like, okay, you need to be an entrepreneur, right? Doesn't sound like you had many people around you, which is interesting to me that you're just like, I don't want to work. How did you, like looking back, how did you know there was an, another opportunity out there not working for somebody? Because obviously you had success, right? You got yeah. you got to work for GE out of college. Like I was working at Staples. So you had a huge opportunity yeah. there. You know what? There had been something there that was like, yeah, you know what? You can do more and it's not in the nine to five world. Uh, I think about Tony Robbins, you know, he, he talks about humans are motivated either by the avoidance of pain or driving towards pleasure. I'm one that I'm, I'm, I'm wired in a way. And, and I have this awareness about myself that I will do more to avoid pain than to seek pleasure. Mm. And like I said, the pain of the thought of having to quote unquote clock in and clock out. I remember my first year in GE I wanted to come back home to visit my family because I think it was, I think it was my mom's birthday or something. And my boss wouldn't give me the time off. And I'm like, this isn't freedom, yeah. right? Like I don't like the thought of somebody having their thumb on when I can go, when I can go. And I'm like, this isn't for me. So I didn't, I wasn't worried about the how, like, how am I going to invest in real estate? How am I going to start a business? Cause like I said, I didn't have that experience, but the pain of working for somebody else was greater than the pain of trying to figure that out. And, and I think that's there's a lesson there for people listening that too many of us are, are trying to figure out the how. How do I get into storage? How do I do this? How do I do that? Don't worry about that for now. Just get clear on what you want and then figure out what micro actions you can take that are going to ultimately lead to the macro result that you want. And then you just course correct along the way. Like nobody has a, a direct straight line A to B to success. Like it just, that's not life. I don't know if you've ever seen that Instagram image of like what people on Instagram uh, depict as success and then like the reality. And it's like all these like zigs and zags and ups and downs. So um, I don't know if I answered your question, man, but like I I wasn't too worried about how am I going to do it? I just knew I had to do it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So yeah, that's, uh, that's chapter one in, uh, in the book of Alex Pardo. So you buy the Carlton sheets program. What from, what happens from there? Yeah, man. Uh, a buddy of mine that was also working at GE, Ray, uh, he, he's a good friend of mine and, and he had gotten into real estate a little bit prior. And so I, I kind of learned a little bit from him and, and I saw some of the success he was having. And that's another thing that I that I, I think I learned early on is that success leaves clues. And, and I'm not smart enough to have come up with that quote. Like I probably read that somewhere. Uh, but I, I don't try to figure out everything on your own, like lean on others who have walked that path and who are maybe a few steps ahead of you and you can learn from them. Right. And, and just, and I think there's an art to intentionally putting yourself in the right environments. That's why you and I are such big advocates of masterminds and coaching and things of that nature. And we've invested a lot in ourselves, but yeah, man, I moved back to Miami. I went traveling around Europe. I remember I, I, uh, I was sitting in an internet cafe in Ibiza. And, uh, I, I, I walked in, I checked my email and I was, I think I was paying like, I don't know, five euros every minute. It was expensive back then. And a buddy of mine had this, this same buddy, Ray had invited me to, um, a bootcamp called marketing for deals, a guy by the name of Dave Lindahl, which at the time, I, I think he's still in apartments, but he's a big apartment house, uh, guru. And, uh, and it was $997. Now keep in mind, John, I had financed my three and a half month backpacking trip on my credit card. Mm. So I was unemployed. I didn't have an income. I was seven grand in the hole. And I had, I think a $10,000 limit on the card. So I was like coming up on that. But again, I, my trip was going to be over in like three weeks. I was going to go back to my parents' house without a plan. And so I'm like, it's now or never. So I paid the 997. Uh, I went to this boot camp. I plucked out a pre-foreclosure letter from the three ring binder. I went to Kinko's and I started making photocopies of this letter. And it was so ghetto because you would see the black from the photocopy, the black three holes. And that was my first direct mail campaign to pre-foreclosures. Fast forward about two, two and a half months later, I ended up closing my first deal and I made 44 grand, which I ended up splitting. Uh, so almost what I was making in my corporate job. That's awesome. Dude, that's like, you don't hear that very often, right? Usually it's, usually it's, I well, one, you spent <laughs> money investing in yourself, right? And it sounds like, I know you're fast forwarding a lot here, but it sounds like you weren't that skeptical, right? You bought the Carlton, Carlton Sheets thing, which 
$300, which at the time for you was probably a lot of money, right? Then you spend a grand for this marketing program that I know when I started in single family rentals, I had no idea what wholesaling was. I learned what wholesaling was like a handful of years ago. I had no idea. Um, so, you know, for you to take those steps and invest in yourself, when I'm guessing a lot of people around you probably weren't doing that is that's rare. That's unheard of. Yeah. I, I wasn't in that world yet. I only knew of, I only knew of, um, uh, of my buddy Ray at the time who had invested in himself. And so like the thought of spending John $997, like at that time, it could have been a hundred thousand dollars. Like I'm like, yeah. wait, people spend this much money to go like learn about how to market for deals. Like I couldn't wrap my head around it, but I didn't have a plan B. And I'm like, I got to do this. I I know I want to do real estate, uh. So let's make it happen. Like uh, you know, I, my mindset is very much ready, fire, aim, and like I think of that analogy of like getting to the shore and burning the ships. And now I can't go back out to sea, right? Like I got to figure it out on land. Yep. So that was kind of my mindset. Ray, Ray was uh, definitely a turning point for you, it sounds like. Yeah, for sure. And he still is, man. He's still a good friend to this day. And uh, I, I think we all have those people in our lives if we look close and hard enough. Like, mm. my belief is God puts certain people in your life uh, to steer you in a certain direction. Now, it's our job to discern, like, is this the right person I need to be, like, modeling or learning from or following? Or, or is it not? Because either way, they're going to have an influence on your life. You get to decide if it's positive or negative. Yep. Yep. That's why you're here. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. No, I meant because you're here with me. <laughs> oh, well, that's what I meant. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So you you got your first deal. Um, I know where you kind of go from here, but uh sounds like you probably dive pretty hard in the wholesaling then, right? Yeah, dude, exactly right. Like that that first deal led to a second, led to a third. And I remember I think my first year. Uh, and I'm hesitant to share this because I don't want people to think that like they just everybody's got a different path and a journey. So the fact what that I made this? this was 2005. Okay. So I did my first deal January 2006. I attended that boot camp October 2005. Uh, so yeah, man, I think in 2006 I probably did 10, 11, 12 deals if I remember correctly. That's awesome. Uh, so again, ready, fire, aim. I just I did I I leaned on a lot of direct mail. I leaned on a lot of door knocking and pre foreclosures. And, uh, and I, I made every mistake under the sun, fumbling deals left and right, just kind of figuring it out. Right. I, I would attend a local RIAs back then. At the time I viewed investing in a coach or a mentor as an expense. Yep. And I'll, I'll kind of fast forward to 2007. I had, I had done at that point, 15, 20 wholesale deals in my first year and a half. And I thought it was a good idea to get involved in my first fix and flip on a half million dollar house. Mm. I'll spare you the gory details, but we ended up between myself and a partner. I think we lost 101, 102,000 bucks. So I lost roughly 50 grand of my money. And I'm just grateful and fortunate, dude, that A, that didn't sink me at the time. Uh, but B, it was somebody asked me at an Ascend retreat, I think a year and a half, two years ago, like, what's the best deal you've ever done? And man, I've been fortunate to close a lot of deals throughout the years. And my instant gut reaction answer was, losing 50 something thousand dollars on my first fix and flip. And everybody was kind of like looking at me like I was drinking or something. And I'm like, because that was the turning point. I said to myself, had I had a coach or a mentor in my corner, I would have never gotten involved in that deal. Yeah. Well, so. and uh, yeah, go ahead. I yeah, know. no, I, I was just, I was just going to share that, that as a result, I immediately, I, I was seeking somebody to guide me and mentor me and coach me. I, I made a pretty large investment. I think it was five grand at the time. And I hired a coach and, uh, mm. and yeah, man, ever since then I've been coached and, uh, and been a part of a mastermind. Yeah. Well, a couple of good points there. One, you, um, I think people are so afraid to lose. Um, we're so focused on winning, right. In society culture. And don't get me wrong. We all want to win, right. We're all competitive some sort of way we want to win. But I think there's another part of that too, is we're afraid to lose. But really, you just said your greatest win was probably business-wise, your biggest failure, especially at that time, right? Yeah. Um, there's so much that you learned from it, and you wouldn't be where you are today without that without that huge loss. That's right. That's right. Uh, look, I think there's I think there's blessings within the failures, and if you don't, if you're going to go through that pain, if you're going to go through the war, so to speak, uh, draw something from it, right? Like the worst thing I could have done 
was like complain and moan and gripe about the fact that I lost a bunch of money. I could have pointed the finger at my partner. And I'm not sharing this to pat myself on the back, but it was, I knew that there was something I was meant to learn as a result of that experience. Um, And looking back on it now, don't get me wrong, man, losing that money was really painful and it set me back. Uh, But looking back on it now, had I not done that, I probably would have gone years and years without investing in myself through a coach and mentor. And who knows where I'd be today had I not done that. Well, and most, when I say most people, probably 99% of people, because you had all these wins, right? All these, these single family deals that you're wholesaling, did a fix and flip, lost six figures. And you immediately turned to, most people would quit, right? Or go back to what they were doing and probably not learn all that much. You yeah. said, no, I'm going to spend more money and get a coach, which who does that? Not many people do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, kudos to you for doing that. Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, from there, I mean, um, I ended up continuing to do deals. I, I started kind of coaching and, and working with people myself several, several years later. Uh, once I had, a, you know, kind of had some success and some wins under my belt, people started kind of approaching me about it. And so uh, I ended that up was in the wholesaling space. Yeah, that was in the wholesaling space. Correct. Yeah. Um, but man, uh, we grow and evolve. Right. And so for me, I was a one man show. I ended up reading the four hour work week. I was blown away by this concept of hiring virtual assistants. And then um, there's a lot that's gone on in between. But that led me to now. How do I start to scale this business? How do I buy back my time? And so I started building a team in 2012. Uh, I had built a team up to nine, 10 people. Fast forwarding all the way through 2020, where I ultimately decided, hey, it's time to shut down the wholesaling business. Uh, It's a great business. It had provided very well for myself and my family, Um, met a lot of great people. But that business was just no longer aligned with my long-term goals, my vision or direction I wanted to go in. Uh, So I had been thinking about this. I I had been feeling some sort of, something was uneasy within me about the business, right? Like there's a lot of ups and downs and I always felt like I was chasing the next deal. And I didn't like that business model. I didn't like the thought of having to generate 40 grand a month, roughly just to break even, pay my team, keep the lights on in the office. Uh, And I would have to do more than two deals to start making a profit. I I didn't like that model. Mm. And I didn't like the fact that there wasn't any cash flow. I didn't get any of the benefits of, of, you know, depreciation and, and all these types of things which was ironically the reason I got into real estate, right? When I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad and all these books, it wasn't go wholesale houses, right? It, it was, it was, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait, mm-hmm. right? It's that, it's that classic saying. So I ended up taking some time off, man, reflecting. Uh, and ultimately, after a lot of research and just conversation with the right people, I felt led to, to really focus my energy and attention on the storage asset class. And that was... Uh, Late 2020. Man, you take some hard pivots. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You know, right? Because obviously you were successful. Uh, I mean, we've talked about what you did beginning of your career, but you were successful in wholesaling. From what I know, you had a pretty big wholesaling business, obviously doing well with it and shut it down. You took a hard pivot and was like, I'm going this direction. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk, you talked a little bit what went through that, but why do you think you're able to take these hard pivots um, and not be afraid of what's on the other side? Man, really, really good question. Uh, I've been working on that one. That was a good, no, it, a lot it, of good it, questions it, now. It, it shows, <laughs> stop. I'm sure, I'm sure we can find one or two more, but uh, no, dude, in all seriousness, a couple of things immediately come to mind, right? Um, you know me, my, my faith is important to me, right? And so uh, I've, I've always known God was going to look after me and I was going to be okay. And he was going to provide and I was going to be taken care of. Uh, but as far as like pra- the practical side of things, like I, I've just always been one to, to bet on myself. And I think a lot of that confidence comes from my faith. Uh, but I'm, I'm pretty good. Like I mentioned earlier, at being getting clarity. Like I'm, I'm good at for myself and helping others figure out what they want why they want it. And is that sustainable? Like what's the purpose behind it? And then figuring out a plan to get there. And I knew that, yeah, I, I could continue to, to, to have a nice living and continue to do wholesale deals. But I, I asked myself one particular question that was the turning point for me. I said, if I wake up and I'm doing this business 12 months from today, three years from today, 
how would that make me feel? And my immediate gut reaction was, I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be happy. Um, so it's not, it wasn't so much about the money. It was about the fact that like, as cliche as it sounds, dude, like the next minute isn't promised to us. And like, why do something that's not going to bring me joy and fulfillment? I remember I started the Flip Empire show in 2016 and I was genuinely receiving more joy and fulfillment from people reaching out, letting me know how much impact a particular show had on them or thank you because I did this, I implemented this and this was the result. Like that made me feel so good and it felt better than closing the next $20,000 wholesale deal. And I'm like, how do I lean more into that, which leads to joy and fulfillment and allows me to contribute and provide value? And less of what I don't want to do. Um, so that's, I think that's what gave me, those two things gave me the confidence to do a hard pivot. Yeah, it's still, I mean, it's still crazy. I remember talking to, um, to that's related um, to your story, uh, another real estate uh, influencer, big influencer in the space. I remember talking to him and he said, you know, I'm really not afraid to do big deals. I'm not afraid to do deals. I'm not afraid to pivot. He's like, what's the worst that can happen? I'll go live with, and he's got wife and a few kids. He's like, I'll just go yeah. live with my parents or live with her parents. It's like, I don't care. He's like, I know that I have the skills that I'll make it back. Yeah. Um, it sounds like, cause obviously you've got yeah. a wife and two kids. And when you quit your wholesaling business, not quit it, but shut it down. Yeah. Um, you know, there had been some pressure there, right? There, there was man, but I, you know, look, I, I was, I was fortunate that a, a couple of years prior, you know, I, I was involved in a, a, another business, uh, that being our mastermind. And, and I had, I had other, a few other investments that were able to provide for me. So I was able to kind of build a bridge, uh, that, that allowed me to just kind of take a little bit of time off. And, and I realized, man, that some people listening want to do a hard pivot and they, they don't have that bridge. And I'm, I'm aware of that. And so I think you got to be very mindful of intentional of when you take your pivot, right? Like I'm not the guy to give you the advice of like, Hey, you know, you got a wife and kids or whatever the case might be, go quit your nine to five and just get into real estate. For some people, the sink or swim back against the wall, like I have to come out swinging type of mentality works for others. Not so much. So I think you have to have awareness about yourself, how you're wired. Uh, I think there's a lot of value in figuring out your strengths, your God-given, uh, you know, talents, your abilities. I think we, we, we're all born with unique gifts and talents. And I think it's your job to figure out what that is and then figure out how to multiply that. Uh, too many people are stuck in a dead-end job or a business that doesn't fulfill them. And life's too short, dude. It's just like, it, it doesn't have to be that difficult. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but it doesn't have to be that difficult. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because I do think a lot of people that one that's probably listening to my show are, are probably looking to get out of their nine to five or looking for another avenue. So that's a really good point. When, when you started building your extra streams of income, um, sounds like other investments, a coaching program, mastermind. Yep. Um, did you start, why did you start those? Was it to diversify? No. Or was it because you saw the right on the wall with your wholesaling business? You're like, eh, I don't want to do this forever. Neither. It was because that was bringing me more joy and fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to lean more into that and less into building something that wasn't bringing me that joy and fulfillment. And don't get me wrong. It, it's a business, right? And so it's, for, it's, it's intended to be for profit. And it should be that way because that a profitable business allows you to now impact more people, right? So I'm, I'm not, you know, Mother Teresa coming on here saying that, that that money wasn't a factor. It just wasn't the main factor. Right. Um, so, so yeah, that, that was the main thing, man. The, the podcast has been a huge blessing, uh, in so many ways because I, I get to like check those boxes that are important to me contribution. You know, I, I get to do something that I feel I'm pretty good at as far as communicating and just helping people. And, and so, uh, and then that is what led me to know that like, Hey man, I really like this feeling of selfishly. I like, I like how I feel when I know I'm able to contribute and help somebody. So yep. how can I do more of that? And I had been heavily influenced uh, through masterminds and coaching throughout the years that for me, it just kind of made sense. Yep. Yeah. Well, and you're really good at, you know, you've, you obviously found a strength. You're really good at helping people. You're really good with connecting with people. Um, so you, yeah, and, and this is a quick plug too. Flip Empire podcast, um, Ascend Mastermind. Uh, check him out. I mean, he's he's got a lot to give. 
Thank you. Um, so from there, you're you're obviously pivoting the storage. Take us through that that uh, that chapter. Yeah, man, you've you and you know two or three other people that there's been you know four or five people that have been just instrumental in my storage journey. I remember having a conversation with you about Ascend uh, prior to me even getting or even thinking about storage. And I remember you being in a nine to five and then, you know, fast forward a year, year and a half later, and, and you had, you got two, three, four storage deals under your belt and, and you had left your nine to five. You were a big inspiration for me. Uh, but yeah, dude, I, I, I went into storage with a lot of confidence and, and I would say to a certain degree, unearned confidence. And I don't think I've ever said it quite that way, but I got into it like, dude, I got a lot of experience in real estate. Like I know marketing, I know lead gen, like I'm going to crush it. Right. And this is what I was saying to myself. I wasn't, you know, shouting this from the rooftops. Right. But I think that confidence led to me just thinking it was going to happen seamlessly and, and effortless. And I remember, I think I had a conversation with you and some others in March and I'm like, you know, I, I, I committed to a, to a storage mastermind in, um, in December of 2020 and March of 2021, and I had no deals. And I'm like, I thought I, I would have had a deal within 30, 60 days. And then when I was honest with myself, I hadn't done the work. I had done a lot of education. I had done a lot of consuming of content. But outside of one direct mail campaign, I hadn't really done any work. And then that's when I got serious, like, okay, do I really want this or do I not? And the answer was, I really want it. Uh, so that's when I started picking up the phone I started sending more direct mail. I started to like really lean into it. Uh, and action is typically rewarded, especially if you're, if you have a certain belief and confidence and you just do the work. And I remember my, my storage coach at the time presented me with an opportunity uh, to buy my first facility in Jackson, Mississippi. This was April of 2021. There was a lot of learning lessons about a month and a half, two months worth of negotiation, which uh, I made a lot of mistakes and I could have avoided all that, but I ended up getting the, the facility under contract uh, late June, the day I was hopping on a flight to travel around Greece with my family. And, uh, and then I ended up closing that deal September 9th of 21. It was uh, just under 43,000 square feet. So that was, that was my first deal. Yeah. And I think you, um, you, you zoomed past it, but you said, it sounded like you were somewhat, I don't want to say overconfident, but confident going in the storage. It's new asset class. It's, it's, it's new all the way around. Obviously you can find deals, but, um, while you're talking about that, you said you had belief and confidence, Yeah, which I think is underrated at times. Um, cause I look, I look back to like, we all reflect back and think about how did I get here? How did this happen? And I think belief and confidence is a huge part, even though we still have that little bit of doubt, you yeah. had that belief and confidence that, one, you're surrounding yourself with the right people. You're educating yourself. You know how to find deals. You know how to build systems, build a business. Like you have all these skills. You knew it was going to happen at some point, and you knew your your willpower and drive to make it happen. That's right. That's right. And, and man, I think you you touched on it. The fact that I had the right people around me uh, gave me a lot of confidence. Uh, now I think the pendulum can swing the other way. In my case, it gave me so much confidence that I thought it was just going to happen and fall in my lap. And it didn't, right? Like I had to do the work. And I think there's a lesson there is that at the end of the day, like don't think investing in yourself is some magic pill. Like you got to do the work, right? Like like John, I'll never forget this dude. And I'll, I'll humble myself and share this. But um, I remember being at a Starbucks early on in my storage journey and getting on a phone with you and asking you how to measure something on, on Google, right? How do I measure the size of a facility? And like, like kind of getting stuck figuring out something so stupid that doesn't really move the needle. Um, so I just, I, I think back to that, to where I've come and it's, it's funny, you got to humble yourself and ask. Uh, and I wasn't too prideful to, to like say, Hey, I don't know how to do this. Like help me out. And, and that's I think, a, that's yeah. a skill. I don't want to cut you off, but that is a huge skill that you are not afraid of. You are not afraid to ask questions. Sometimes it can be a lot of questions at once, but you're not <laughs> afraid to, right. And that's how you're going to learn. Yeah, that's right. Exactly right. So no, man, again, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful and fortunate that God put people like you in my life that were willing to, to take my call and, and kind of help me out. And, and then I always have that in mind as I try to pay it forward. Like we're all on different journeys and different seasons of our life. So don't ever get too big for yourself where you're not willing to help someone. 
because you might find yourself in a place where you need help. And, and we're human. We don't, I don't have everything figured out. There's, there's a lot more that I don't know than what I do know. I know that. Uh, but I also know that there's people out there that have figured something out. Yep. Right. And so it's just, it's just finding those people in your life. Yep. Well, and you know, th this show's probably helped, this podcast has probably helped me with interviewing people and then thinking about questions and all this, but it's amazing how many people that success is relative, right. But have had some sort of success. They've all surrounded themselves with people that are doing the same thing they want to do. Yeah. It's, I don't say it's that simple. Like you said, you've got to put in the work too, but that is probably the number one common thing that we like everyone has that's been somewhat successful in something. That's what we all have in common, right? Is yeah. we try to surround ourselves with people that are doing more than us and doing what we want to do. We, we, uh, there's a certain, uh, Ed Milet talks about the thermometer in the room, yeah. right? And like we're, we're our, 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 our temperature, our thermometers all always set to something. And so like when you get around, people that are high achievers are doing more. And by the way, it, ironically, the do more podcast, right? Doing more doesn't necessarily mean having more deals, having more money, having a bigger business. It can, that's an aspect of it, but I want to surround myself with people that like, and that's the kind of life, you know, that, that's the kind of person I want to be around like that. that they're, I don't believe in balance, right? I think we go through seasons in life, but I don't just think about surrounding myself with the, the, the wealthiest people. Like that's one part of it, but I want to surround myself with like family men, God fearing men, like just, pe just people that I want to spend time with. And I get up leveled in different areas of my life as a result. Yep. hundred percent. We could dive into that for a whole nother show. Oh, for sure. Um, so you've got one deal now in your journey. This is uh 2021. <clears throat> Correct. 2021 um, ended up, uh, it was an SBA loan. So that's a no, whole nother podcast. I'm talking to the SBA king here because you've done a bunch of those. But mm. uh, I just, I learned, it's funny, man. My first deal in single family was a short sale, you know, and I learned like for some reason when I get involved in an asset class, I, I tend to go for like challenging deals, but SBA, like, but I, I'm so grateful for those experiences because um, I, there's a lot of learning in, in the doing, right? The do more podcast, the learning and the wisdom comes from the doing, not from necessarily just sitting back and consuming. Yep. So yeah, I closed that deal, man. And, um, that deal has, has had a lot of challenges. And so again, along that theme, I've learned a ton. Uh, I know now what to do, what not to do. Uh, I know what markets I want to be in, what markets I don't want to be in. Uh, but that led me to my second, well, I'll kind of pause there in case there's anything in particular you want to dive into as it relates to the first deal, or if you want, I can just kind of, uh, zoom out and kind of share with you where I'm at on my journey today. Yeah. Bring us to the next one. Yeah, man. So, uh, through, a, uh, I ended up partnering with one of our Ascend members, uh, really good, become a really good friend of, of, of my, of me and of you. And, uh, we ended up JVing. He sent out a direct mail campaign and we had come to a, an agreement that I was going to fill the calls, negotiate, lock up the deal, and we'd we'd split the deal. And we ended up getting uh, an awesome facility in Amelia Island, Florida, uh, which it's it's funny because when you think about the markets, Jackson, Mississippi, and Amelia Island, they couldn't be further apart, right? Just as as far as the market. So that was a twenty four thousand square foot facility that had some climate control. Uh, we ended up uh, I ended up negotiating um, just amazing terms on, uh, through seller financing. Um, so the, the seller ended up, uh, taking back a note for, uh, the majority of the purchase price. We had a, we had a smaller down payment and I was able to negotiate no payments for one year on that deal. Uh, a five-year term, uh, 3.25% fixed interest rate, and then amortized over 35 years. So the the facility is doing really well. It's cash flowing. It's in a it's in a prime market, uh, and that's that's an asset that I see I see us holding long term. Like that's the reason that type of asset's the reason I got into storage and I I did a hard pivot from the wholesaling business. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, the the seller financing terms are are awesome. Um, yeah. people always have questions about seller financing, and I get it. It's almost it's infinite, right? It, so it's some, yeah, like, it can be somewhat hard to understand getting into it, but you can play around with the terms. Um, right. You can play around right. with the interest rate, the amortization rate, how long it is, um, the down payment. You did no payments for you. There's just, I think people get stuck because there's just so many options and it's like, 
what do I offer? Well, yeah, put it together where it makes sense for you and and present it to the to the seller. You you uh, brought up something that that's that I think there's a lot of wisdom in it. Is I I like to approach seller financing deals like okay, like how do what is it I want to get out of this? But also you got to flip the script and say, hey, what's the sellers like? Why are they selling? What's their need? How can you structure something? And like to your point with seller financing and with terms, you can rearrange the puzzle however you you need it to work for both you and for the seller. And uh, and this particular seller, you know, just lived that estate, wasn't really operating and trying to grow and manage the business. And uh, I remember the reason I got the deal, aside from just building rapport and kind of striking up a relationship with the guy, is um, he had an offer. Somebody somebody was trying to negotiate with him. He was asking 2.1. Somebody offered him 2 million. Uh, I gave him his exact ask, but because I gave him his ask, he was willing to work with me on the terms. Uh, So, and that was a great deal. Like sometimes uh, what's that saying, John, like uh, pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered, right? Like sometimes we over negotiate and we can negotiate our way out of deals. So again, that, that's probably a whole nother episode, but, yep. but I'm glad that I, I wasn't trying to get greedy and squeeze the guy. I saw a deal. The numbers made sense. It was great terms, great market. And I gave the guy exactly what he was looking for. Yep. Yeah. I mean, ton of, ton of points there. I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm a terrible negotiator. I say that, but you're, I want to, I want to, you're not giving yourself enough credit. What's that? You don't give yourself enough credit. That's not true. Yeah. Well, no, we have similar yeah. outlooks on, right? We, we want it to be a win-win. Right. It works for me and it works for the seller and we both feel like we won. Then I feel really good at the end of the day. Um, I don't think I've fleeced anybody on, on any deals. I think every deal that I've gotten, people are like, this is, I'm getting the deal of a century. Um, so yeah, then we have had the same, but yeah, I, I try to give the price. Right. And yeah. I've done that with seller financing where guys like, this is my price. Like, okay. That's your price. I want to try to get my terms with seller financing. That's I right. It's worked out a few times. So, um, cause I do want to keep this, uh, another 10 minutes or so. Yeah. So you've bought a few more deals. Uh, I know you've wholesaled I, one or I two. Have, man. And, and I'm, I should really, my first deal wasn't the one in Jackson. My first deal was, was with you and Ian, right? Like, yep. so, uh, it, and that's your story to tell, right? You, but you were, you know, you brought me into a deal. Uh, you generated the lead and, and I looked at it and, and I, I, I thought I was maybe going to be the buyer for it. And then, you know, we talked about, Hey, there's these other options we can do with this deal. And so technically my first deal was with you, my brother, you and Ian, yeah. well, uh, which I'm super grateful for. Yeah. Well, and here's the power of relationships that I, it, it comes up every show that I do. Um, I think every time you talk, it probably comes out of your mouth too. It's how many deals have you done? Well, for one, we did do a wholesale deal together. I know nothing about wholesales. I brought you in and Ian, you and Ian in to help out with that. And it worked out for the three of us. Um, talk about how many deals have you done in storage? <laughs> how many have you bought that weren't brought to you from a relationship that you found on None. your own? None. It's crazy. None. All, crazy. So I just closed my fifth one yesterday, which was my second wholesale. It just closed Congrats. yesterday. Thanks. So I, I own three now and I've wholesaled two. Every single one of those was driven by a relationship. Isn't that crazy? It, it, but it, it it doesn't surprise me, guys. And that's why uh, it's all about relationships. It really is. And I know that that's, you know, everybody says that, but like, do you live it? Right? Like, that's the thing. Like, you know it, but are you living it? Are you investing in relationships? And are you doing it to get something? Or are you doing it because you want to help somebody and you want to contribute? And, you know, eventually laws of reciprocation will, t- will tip back in your favor, but uh, man, I'm just, I'm about pouring into the right relationships and growing those accounts. Like that's what I'm about. Yep. hundred percent. So I guess where to now you've got a successful podcast. Um, you've got a successful mastermind. You're, you're obviously growing in self storage. I know you've done some other ventures along the way that I probably dropped off too, cause they didn't work as well, but where to for you next five, 10 years, where do you see yourself going? Yeah, I want to lean more into the service side of, of I, I want to continue to work with people. Um, I feel that that's my calling. Uh, and now how that looks, I think, will will probably evolve throughout the years. And I'm very open to that. I'm, I'm not uh, one thing I want to share with people that may or may not be helpful, but it's been helpful for me is, you know, you, you kind of what's that saying? Like you make you make plans and God laughs. 
So I'm, I'm flexible. I, I know what I want. And then I'm, I'm trying to figure out the best route there, but mm. I'm not dead stuck on a certain path. And so uh, I, I know storage and eventually I want to I want to transition into the the I quadrant, right? Like Robert Kiyosaki in his second book, The Rich Dad, uh, Rich Dad Quadrant, I think it's called. Yep. You know, he has the the E, the the S self-employed, the E. Uh, I'm sorry, the E. The S self-employed, the business owner, and the investor. Eventually, I want to transition to the investor, and I want to work with the right operators and just uh, have my capital, have my relationship building skills. Uh, I, I want to lean into adding value to other people's deals with things that are my strengths that fill me up with energy, versus being the operator. Right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm the operator now because I've learned a lot. But I know that long term, that's not really where I want to be as it relates to like just getting involved in deals. So um, I have I have a certain cash flow goal that I want to hit uh, with storage. I want to I want to I, I grow, ascend with the right people. I want to continue to pour into the podcast uh, and do some other things, man. But yeah, like, you know me, man, and, I, and I'll share this. But like lifestyle is very important to me and yeah. spending time with my family, traveling. So I'm not willing to, you know, work. 12, 14, 18 hour days just to build the biggest empire, no pun intended, that I possibly can. Like that's not important for me. Uh, don't get me wrong. I want to continue to strive and grow and achieve more. And I want to do it honoring my vision, right? Yeah. And within the boundaries and frameworks that I set so that I can never miss my daughter's dance competition or take my daughter to pickleball lessons or just be there because that's that's what really matters. Yep. 100%. So that, that actually leads into one of the questions that I thought about this morning, thinking about what questions I may ask you, which this is an easy interview for me, right? Like you just, you, you, you're carrying along the interview, but what do you, you have so much going on. Um, and I know just from doing a few shows with the podcast, like creatively, you may have an idea pop up for a show or a question, just come from out of nowhere and you're eating with the family. So how do you unplug um, do you completely unplug when you're with your family? What does that look like? Man, again, good question. I knew you had it in you. So um, this is a tough one to answer, man, um, because it's a tough one to answer from the perspective that I'm more aware now uh, more than ever that sometimes I fail in this area of my life, right? But because I'm aware I'm striving for growth in this area. And I've made, I, I had an experience with my, at the time. So let me see, Ariana was born in 2015. I think this was 2018. Uh, I'll quickly share this story. We were in our playroom, the girls playroom in our, in our first house that we bought when my wife and I got married. And, uh, and we were just playing like catch and playing with toys. And, but I was, I was there in body, but not really in mind. And I had my phone like next to my lap. I was sitting down on the floor in this play mat that she had. And I remember seeing a bunch of Podio messages. Podio was like our CRM at the time for the wholesaling business, just firing off all these different like things that were going on within the team and within deals. And I was so distracted. And that phone was like a magnet to me yeah. that I wasn't being present with my daughter. And I remember, and this is, at once I was embarrassed to share this, but I think hopefully the story resonates with people. I was so messed up as far as where my priorities were that I intentionally threw the ball across the house so my daughter could go chase it. So I had time to pick this stupid thing up to look at the messages. And even sharing that hits me a certain way. Because it was like a wake-up call for me. I'm like, man, what am I doing? Like, I, like I got to realign certain priorities. And that was a wake-up call for me. So I remember at the time, um, I, and I had an office at that, at that point, but like I would walk in the office, I would try to decompress at least 10 minutes. Uh, and I, my office was like literally down the corner from my house, but I would try to decompress before I walked in the door. Mm. I immediately like embraced my family, said hi to them. I went to my room and I'd put this thing away. And I wouldn't pick it back up until we put them down for bed. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, and again, I've grown so much throughout the years, but there's times if I'm being honest, where like I'm there, but like there's thoughts, there's things racing. There's yeah. uh, so, uh, man, I'm not going to come on here and, and pretend like I got it all figured out, but I know that I'm making strides and I know that I'm a lot more present today than I, than I was in the past. And 
at times I still struggle with it. Yeah. No, that's great. um, I mean, that's, that's honest. That's vulnerable. That's, I think most people can relate. Um, especially if you're an entrepreneur, right? Cause our, our brains just don't stop. If yeah. they do, like there's no cutoff. We can't clock in and clock out. And it's like, Oh, I'm done. My job's done. My creativity's yeah. done. I'm not thinking about this deal that I, you know, I'm underwriting for the yeah. past couple of days. You just can't shut it off. You, you know what I, what I've learned, man, is, is I, I think we're, and this is the value of like, having an honest open dialogue and, and the fact that we're that we're close friends is I'd push back from the perspective that I used to believe that and then I started to figure out and 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 learn tools that would help me unplug like mm-hmm. as an example transcendental meditation which I do you know pretty much every day twice a day has really allowed me to slow down my thoughts quiet those voices and and that's helped a lot right like my morning routine like filling, putting my oxygen mask on first in the morning before I put on others. Like that has helped me a lot. Uh, getting into the word prayer, that's helped me a lot. Uh, it, it's not a fix all per se. Like we're yep. human. We're going to fail. We're going to fall. We're going to struggle at times. But it's it's really allowed me to slow down those thoughts. Uh, and then I know when to ramp them up, right? Like I, I try to create boundaries in my life where like, Hey, when it's work, go, when it's work time and it's go time, let's do it. Let's get creative. Let's, let's get done what we got to get done. But when I'm not doing that, let's be all in with the family or let's be yep. all in, in this area of my life. Does that yep. make sense? Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, and we go through seasons too, right? Like there's, 100%. there's going to be seasons and it, maybe it's months, maybe it's years to where if you are trying to quit your nine to five, or maybe you haven't scaled your business f- far enough yet to where, you can hire people out um, to take on those, you know, those mundane tasks. Like I know even, you know, year, year and a half ago, I was the same thing. I was getting alerts through our communication system. And it's like, it's hard to put your phone away when you're getting those constant alerts. So, but it's as long as you, you see the issue and you're taking strides to fix it, it's not going to happen overnight. Right. I know for me, I've gotten just over the past couple of years, I've gotten a ton better. And a lot of that is with scale and you can hire things out and take things off your plate. Yeah. And now I don't have to be concerned about things, you know, when I'm around family. So, yep. and you can also put guardrails, like, you know, like as an, as a simple example, putting your airplane, your phone on airplane mode, yeah. you know, like 20 minutes, 30 minutes before you go to bed, like there's things you can do to, to help and facilitate You just got to be willing. Like, are you willing to do the work? Yeah. Right. hundred percent. So, Last question. What do you think is the, and I could probably answer this knowing you, what do you think is your biggest trait that has made you successful professionally and personally? Uh, man, I, I'm tempted to like throw the ball back in your lap to see what you would answer. No, because... you can't steal my answer. You've <laughs> okay. told me before, so I want to hear your answer today. Man, I'm feeling some pressure now because yeah. I don't I don't know what I told you. And um, so what what do I think has contributed to my success? Essentially, is the question. Yeah, professionally and personally, because <clears throat> I think they overlap. I mean, I'll share with you just unfiltered thoughts. What hits me right away? Because oftentimes that's that's the right answer. Uh, and I don't know if this is what I share with you or not, but this is what's hitting me. Is I think my relationship with God first and foremost, right? Like my faith. Uh, I, I'd say number one. Number two, it's it's just coaches, mentors, uh, the communities, masterminds I've, I've, I've immersed myself in. I think being very open, vulnerable and transparent, right? Like not trying to like fake it till you make it. Like I, I don't subscribe to that line of thinking. Just be real, be who you are, humble yourself, call John Farling, dude, I don't know how to measure a stupid facility. Like a stupid, simple question like that. Like just be real, be humble, be authentic. And I think more people will be drawn to you if you're just yourself, yep. right? And then uh, and then along those lines, knowing that you don't know it all. And so just, uh, but somebody does. Like all the answers to your questions are out there. So I, I think the, the mindset and the framework of not having to have all those answers right away in order to take a step forward in the direction of where you want to go is key to success, right? Because uh, I, I don't know very many people that have the whole thing mapped out and then it actually works to plan that way, right? Like like the pilot 
is off course most of the time, but they know their destination. Uh, that's kind of how I look at, at life and business, right? Is, is I'm going to make mistakes. I know that I'm human, but what can I learn as a result? And then who, who can I surround myself with that can continue to pour into me? And then taking it a step further, who can I pour into? Because I always think we got to have one hand up to a, a coach, a mentor, uh, and we got to have one down, one hand down helping others that are on the come up. Yep. That was like seven answers, but we'll take it because they're they're really good answers. Well, thank you, man. Thank you. you no, see, I, I figured if I hit you with all that, you I, I have to overlap with something I shared with you. No, I remember. Well, no, and they're, and they're all true. And I don't think we all have just one trait that's, you know, gotten us successful in anything. But I remember you telling me and, and it hit me, too. I'm like, yeah, this is completely right. I remember you telling me that you have a knack for I don't know why you're talking about yourself. It's just something you'd like to do. But you said you have a knack for connecting with people and people feel like they've known you their whole lives within like 20 minutes of meeting you. I'm like, yeah, I feel like, like, I feel like the first time we actually met in person, I'm like, I've known this dude since kindergarten is how it feels. Right. So you do have that, that power that a lot of people just, you know, don't that. And I don't know if I can name anybody else that I feel like I've known you my entire life Hmm. when really it's been what, three years. And, and really we've only seen each other in person handful of times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just, that's a, that's a crazy trait to have. And it's, uh, I think that's definitely helped you personally and professionally for sure. Well, I, I'll, I'll let that land on me, man. I appreciate you for sharing that. Where's it landing at? <laughs> right here, man. Right in the heart, dude. <laughs> right in the heart. All right. Well, we'll wrap this up. Share, uh, share everything you got going on where people can find you and, and whatever else you want to talk about yourself. Yeah, buddy. Th- thank you so much, man. So ascendyoursuccess.com is our, our mastermind community for entrepreneurs and, you know, pour, pour my heart and soul into that thing. And, and, uh, so ascendyoursuccess.com. And then I'd, I'd love for people to check out the flip empire show. I, I've had you on the show. I, I want to say at least a couple times, yep. uh, if not, we gotta, we gotta make that happen and circle back. <clears throat> but um, yeah, the Flip Empire show. So if, if people go to flipempire.com forward slash podcast, uh, that's where you can find the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume. But really, uh, again, I'm not on here to promote anything like I shared with you. I really just want to kind of come from the heart, open up and and help however I can. So hopefully I said something that lands with, even if it's just one person, my mindset is, then it's totally worth the you know, 52, 53 minutes we've spent on here. And, uh, and then lastly, dude, I'm proud of you, man. I know you've stepped out into something that is new and, uh, and I'm excited to see you grow and, and seek to now impact others, man. So I'm proud of you, dude. Yeah, I appreciate that. And definitely appreciate you. Appreciate our friendship. And um, yeah, appreciate you coming on, sharing your whole life story, basically. Thank you, man. Thank you. So All much. right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Take care. See you next time. Thanks for following, subscribing, and listening to this episode of the Do More podcast hosted by John Farling. To learn more or ask questions, go to l4investing.com.